I feel like I am noticing a lot of like I have a number of clients who are or like yeah we've we now stay up until like three four in the morning wow. um, just yeah. regularly. Uh, I where I am right now I can actually like see into a lot of people's apartment buildings and I'm not a creeper I promise it's just in <laughs> but passing, I am watching <laughs> in passing I just notice I'm like wow someone's up at two in the morning like exercising or Dang. learning how to dance or, like I've just noticed I think a lot of people are shifting into kind of the night owl. Welcome to the Multi Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. So whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about strategies for dealing with an abundance of time with a partner, spouse, or roommate, or maybe living and working in very close quarters with a partner, a spouse, or a roommate. So right now, while we're recording this, many people are totally isolated, while others are dealing with being stuck together with other people that they're maybe not used to spending this much time with. And... So both for that, but also for other situations where you might find you've just moved in together and suddenly have much less space, or you've started working from home and now you're in the same space all day without the same break that you would normally. In any case, we wanted to cover some strategies for setting up emotional and physical boundaries with your partners, creating time for yourself, as well as some other tips and tricks for close quarters relationships. Yeah. So the three of us are sort of in different configurations of being either alone or being like sequestered with another person for a very long period of time. Uh, So I just I know we're going to kind of get into this a little bit later as well. But I wanted to sort of discuss like how all of us are dealing with that, because I know personally, I usually spend a lot of time outside of the house, Mm -hmm. um, and that is not the case. Like, my life has very much changed recently in that way in the last month, um, and I am, you know, seeing more of my partner probably than I ever have in the five and a half years that we've been together. So, yeah, for the two of you, like, how are you feeling on different ends of that as well? Yeah, it's it's funny because I feel like we've gone to the extremes of that many times already where, mm-hmm. you know, for Dedeker and myself, we're like right now we're apart, you know, across different hemispheres across the world from each other. And I'd say every year for the last few, we've spent about half the year like that, right? Usually not a whole six months at a time, but maybe two to three months at a time being pretty far apart. And then we'll spend other parts often, you know, uh, like pet sitting or staying at an Airbnb in some other country where we often are in a pretty small space, you know, like maybe like a little one bedroom apartment also tend to be in a place where we don't really have a social network. We don't have friends and we both work from home. So it's like we go from these extremes of hardly ever seeing each other to 
every hour of the day, pretty much mm. being in the same. It's space. like interval training for your relationship. <laughs> is how I like to think about wow. it. Yeah, there you go. That's good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, this this is something that we've kind of wanted to cover for a while, and it just makes a lot mm -hmm. of sense to do it now because over the years we've been in both extremes and we've done a couple episodes on long distance relationships, but we've never done one on close quarters relationships. We've done some on cohabiting, which is similar, but not quite the same as, as you're not just living together, but you also are both working from home. And so you're kind of around each other all the time, or you're taking a long trip together. And so you're kind of stuck together or you're <laughs> quarantined, you know, lots of different ways it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me currently, so yeah, so Jason and I are apart. Um, I'm staying with my partner, Alex, you know, and, and yeah, that's basically been kind of my pattern for the last couple of years is kind of spending part of the year with one partner and part of the year with the other partner, often kind of alternating two or three month chunks of time essentially. And it is interesting because this is a thing that I do think that, um, specifically people who are in non-traditional configurations for their relationships, this is a little bit of a unique situation in, in that, again, you know, at the time of this recording, we're dealing with the pandemic and isolation orders and things like that. But even outside of that, that there's a lot of people in this community who have the experience of having both a close quarters relationship and sometimes a long distance relationship. And then maybe sometimes like a local relationship that's not necessarily long distance, but it's not necessarily cohabiting relationship, all of those experiences at the same time. Um, which I personally think is really cool. Other people think is really weird or, or um, uh, I don't know, stressful or things like that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so it's definitely, I know for me right now, uh, it's definitely that dealing with both of those extremes of kind of like staying connected to a partner who's very, very far away, as well as, you know, staying with a partner where we're both working from home. Um, I do feel like I've had some good training because of the fact that Jace and I usually are working from home together, essentially. And so my partner, Alex, switched to working from home. It was a little bit less of like a jarring uh, transition, I guess. But I think with a lot of people that are kind of experiencing that for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. None of us have kids. So we don't have that added layer of right, maybe potential stress. application too. Yeah. Yes, definitely. exactly. Or challenge just usually like your kid might be at school for some of the day or at daycare or something along those lines. And that's clearly not happening right now. So yeah, in those instances, uh, we can't quite talk about that from personal standpoints, but hopefully some of these um, things that we'll discuss will kind of apply to that as well. Yeah. yeah. So we're recording this at a time where pretty much everyone's had to adjust to working from home um, and adjusting to- If they to are still working. Yes, um, adjusting to maybe being around a partner potentially or a roommate or a spouse or, you know, a family member that maybe they're not used to being around all the time. Um, and so uh, we looked at some stats and stats for this specifically on the front of people working from home and how that's probably going to be increasing in the future. We're probably going to be seeing more people having to deal with close quarters relationships more frequently more in the future. Um, but bear in mind that we understand that also there's a lot of different reasons why you may be in a close quarters relationship, you know, cause you could be somebody's caregiver, for instance, the living situation, the job situation, you know, there's so many different factors that can go into it. It's not just about working from home. Um, but anyway, just to kind of look at 
what we might be seeing in the future. So as of 2017, about 5% of all Americans worked from home, and that's around 8 million people. That number has been rising for a number of years. Um, It's probably going to continue to rise, especially once this pandemic is over, um, especially since uh, we've seen a number of industries adjusting to people working from home and maybe even finding, hey, this is maybe even better for us to have our employees working from home. A Gallup survey showed that 43% of Americans do work from home at least some of the time. So, I mean, that's almost half of the population. That's That's a a huge amount. Yeah. Yes. Um, The median earnings for people who do work from home is higher than people who commute to their job, Um, uh, which is ironic because a 2017 study from Princeton University found that job applicants were willing to receive an 8% pay cut in order to be able to work from home. Um, And we are seeing that also teleconferencing, telecommuting is just increasing. People's ability to remote work is increasing. And so we're going to be seeing a lot more people who are able to, to stay at home, get their job done, make an income. And that means maybe less of that kind of naturally built in separation in the middle of the day. Um, I'm willing to bet we're going to start seeing more of this with education as well. I mean, we've already been seeing, yeah. of course, you know, for the past decade or so, a lot more online education. But I think we're going to start seeing that more for like public education, like for school kids and things like that. You know, the, even before the pandemic happened, there were already a number of kind of budding online public schools. You know, a, a friend of mine, actually the teacher at an online public school. And I think we're going to oh, start wow. seeing more and more of that. Um I don't really know enough about it to start going into what potentially could be the pros and cons of that. But I do think we're going to start seeing more of that, too, of, you know, kids, you know, not necessarily having that natural built in break in the middle of the day when we're all separated. Mm. Yeah. And Which I, I know I, 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 I yes. don't want to go. Sorry, I don't want to go off a cliff here kind of talking about this. But I do think it's ironic that it's kind of like as humans we kind of came into this world a little bit more tribal and kind of being around each other all the time. Cause that was like our survival basis. And then now in our modern day, we have so many like family relationships and friend relationships and partner relationships that I think to a certain extent sometimes only work because they're based on us separating for eight hours a day and then coming back together. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's kind of ironic it's, and funny. It is interesting to think though, that, that we've had this, We've had this move, though, from, say, if you look way back in history, right, this sort of tribal living where you're with a relatively large group of people, though, right? You know, maybe 100, 150 people. So I think you can still kind of be apart from other people while you're there, right? As opposed to there's just four of us that live in this house and and we're the only people we ever see every day is a little different. Like that's not quite the same as going back to that kind of communal living situation. Well, yeah, we haven't talked culturally. Some cultures do tend to have more of a communal living situation in terms of like multiple generations in one single household. And I think that, yeah, specifically with this, I mean, having to sort of live together again all the time, that makes it a little bit more different than I would say just like having four or five people maybe living together, but they do, as you said, get to like leave for eight hours a day or leave for even five hours or however long, you know, they're at school or work or whatever, and then come back. So I do think that this is kind of an unprecedented time and that that being able to leave is not a thing right now. Yeah. I've been having this weird um, craving to like go back to the little house on the prairie books the books Be- yes because i'm thinking i'm like wow this just feels like 
there's some similarities of like, well, it's just like the four of us out on the prairie <laughs> and there's no one around for miles Yeah, and there's nothing to do, but you know, pull some weeds and pet a donkey and like maybe once a month we'll take the two hour wagon ride into town and that's our only <laughs> socialization. And then we'll come back and then the rest of the time it's just like, well, got to make the jam and do the knitting and maybe read. I don't know. There's, there's something about me that's kind of like uh, thinking about that time, I suppose. I right. love it. Well, so, okay. With all of this, and I know Jace, you are the one of the three of us who's super isolated. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I know when one is isolated, I mean, just in general, but definitely if you are isolated during this time and during just any point in your life, it's really important to pay attention to things like your mental and physical well-being. So can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Like, how are you coping with this time? How do you cope just in general when you do tend to be more isolated? Yeah. So again, this this right now is not my first time in that sort of experience um, for a roughly similar period of time, right? I've been here by myself for about a month now, um, but... Like I've had that in the past where I've been in Japan in a little studio apartment by myself for a month where I don't really have much of a social life or anything. And pretty much all my interaction with people happens online through video chat like this. So this is not my first time with that, which I do think was really helpful. Sort of like the interval training thing that Dedeker was talking about with the relationship with also just with having a very different kind of um, social environment around me. And so for this episode, I think that there's kind of a couple things at work here. And so I think in the first half of the episode, we're going to kind of talk more about ways to maintain your own health and mental and emotional health while kind of in one place all day, every day, whether that's by yourself or not. Uh, and then in the second half, we'll talk about specifically the being in that place with other people all the time, like being trapped together in a little box with other people. So that's kind of how we'll structure this. But I will say just with this first part, in terms of having some social interaction and stuff, maybe it is adjusting that, but it's, we're very fortunate that at least we're in a time right now where that's possible. Like it is possible to have a lot more social interaction, even when you're alone in a house than it was, you know, with, with just the availability of, video chatting and voice calling and international calling being free if you're doing it online. And, you know, we have a lot of options now um, and mm -hmm. online gaming, if you want to have community that way. So that's important, but that's not as much what we're going to focus on for this particular episode. Um, right. Not so much the community aspect, but more about what to do in your space while you're here. So with that, we wanted to go into a list of six things that you can do for yourself to maintain your well-being while you're stuck in the same place all the time. This could be because you're stay-at-home ordered to be at home. This could be because you just started working from home. This could be something that you do by yourself or with roommates or loved ones or whatever. But this is kind of about self-care. And then in the second half, we'll talk more about kind of relationship care with each other. So first thing here is keep a routine. And so this, this one is interesting because I've seen a ton of people who are now suddenly working from home regularly for the first time, all talking about sleeping in till whatever and just wearing their pajamas all day and stuff like that. And as someone who 
has worked from home for quite a while, I'm like, wow, does I always get dressed in the morning. For me, it's like important to have this clear separation of like, okay, I'm up. I still set my alarm to get off to, you know, to get up at a certain time that it's like alarm so that you can get, get off at a certain time. (laughs) I I, I corrected it, but that's what you want to hear that that's fine. So yeah, I have my alarm to get up in the morning and then later have an alarm to get off after work. No, uh, Oh boy. But okay, so routine. You don't you don't have to do this. You don't have to keep it as strict as that. You know, I know some people where this is like they have a room in their house. This is assuming they have the luxury of a separate room in their house, like a study. But it's like they change, go into their study, do work, don't get bothered by anything, don't do any chores in the house, don't do anything while they're at work, and then come out, change into their like home clothes, and then that's where they'll make dinner and do their chores and stuff. I know some people where it's an extreme separation like that. I tend to be somewhere in the middle, but uh, it is really helpful to do something for your body to kind of have a routine and to kind of know what's going on. Uh, So the university of Virginia in a study talked about, it's ideal to have a mix of things that you need to do and also things you like to do. So not just a schedule of like, I get up, I work out, I work all this, I do these chores, I make a meal and then I, you know, exercise and then I read a book and then I, whatever. It's like mix it up with stuff that is fun, stuff that you like to do as well. Um, and, uh, that this approach to your day is actually a part of a treatment for depression called behavioral activation. Um, that can help to prevent depression. And and I would say even if you're not someone who is clinically depressed, I think this is definitely helpful for avoiding falling too far into kind of a slump of just temporary depression if if you don't have any schedule or anything that you're doing regularly. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I've had to do this personally for myself a lot just because mm. right now I don't have... Besides multi-amory and drunk Bible study, I don't have a job right now. And so for me, I've really had to like create a routine and had to create this these things that I'm doing every single day, just so I do feel like I'm being productive in a sense and feel like I'm getting things done in a way that I need to be doing and not getting myself in a slump. So this has been incredibly beneficial for me during this time, too. Yeah, I've just have it. What's your routine look like? I so I get up around 9:30 and then generally I'll eat breakfast while doing a little bit of animal crossing which is like fun <laughs> right off the bat but then afterwards um yeah I'll take a shower and then I'll go for like an hour walk um and sometimes like today that walk also included me going to Trader Joe's and getting some groceries that I needed to get and then walking home with them but I tend to try to like do some movement every day Sometimes that movement is instead like an hour long uh, yoga class, for example. Um, And then generally, like, it'll be around one, I'll have lunch, uh, and then I'll try to like, see if I need to do any work on the podcast. So that might be, you know, working on writing the book or working on um, doing an episode or checking in with you all. Uh, So yeah, from that stuff, that's essentially it. And then I tend to like kind of quit around six or seven and then be done for the evening, and then, yeah, try not to go to bed past midnight, even though sometimes <laughs> it's like I find myself being in bed, and I'm like, it's 1 o'clock, and I need to freaking get off Animal Crossing or off of Twitter or whatever. So, right. yeah, it, it is challenging. I tend to, I feel like I went to bed uh, 
earlier back in the day when I still had a job every single day that I had to commute to. But yeah, I'm glad that I'm not going to bed way late. I feel like I am noticing a lot of like, I have a number of clients who are, or like, yeah, we've, we now stay up until like three, four in the morning, um, just regularly. Uh, I, where I am right now, I can actually like see into a lot of people's apartment buildings and I'm not a creeper. I promise. It's just, (laughs) but I am watching (laughs) in passing. I just notice I'm like, wow, someone's up at two in the morning, like exercising or learning how to dance. Like I've just noticed, I think a lot of people are shifting into kind of the night owl Mm. um, routine. Yeah. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. I've had to kind of resist going too far that way as well. I still have some nights where I'll stay up super late because I'm like, whatever I can, but I try not to make it a habit because I do know that just from experience for me, I end up usually feeling pretty shitty if I do that for too long. Like it starts affecting my mood and my focus and things like that. No, I agree. Well, you said the magic word exercise, Dedeker, which, you know, I kind of talked about just here, but that's the next one on this list. Um, is if you can uh, to exercise because it does release endorphins, which can improve your mental health and your mood. Um, I think that a lot of people might actually find that during this time of working at home, they might actually have more time to work out than not, which is interesting because I have heard that it's like, wow, I actually like can't make the excuse like I I can't go to the, I don't have time to go to the gym or do whatever because you do have time now. So, you know, if you do have that luxury of being able to go um, do some sort of workout in some manner, there are a lot of great like online videos. I've found like a lot of cool ones that are, have no, you know, equipment or whatever. So you can just do them from your home. And then there are a lot of like online yoga classes and things like that. And then again, of course, like going outside if you can. Yeah, and I think it doesn't have to look a particular way. Just moving your body in the way that your body can move. You yeah, know? absolutely. And I have read that, like, if you want to have some goal making during this time, like maybe just do attainable goals, like adding more sit ups to your routine or like getting one rep on the what is it? What's the, the bar? bar. Like the, the pull up bar. bar. Yeah, there's uh-huh. a pull up bar like in the house, and I'm like, okay, maybe it, I'll I'll be able to do one by the time this is over. That would be really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so something along those lines, you know, some sort of easy attainable goal, and then along with that, um, getting out into the sun is important, just because vitamin D is super super important for you. Um, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. I know right now, like Jace, you're in, you're in Seattle. So you said that you did have this when you were living in Seattle full time, that it was seasonal affective disorder was kind of a thing for you. And in LA, even it's been super, super foggy and grim outside. So I think on the days when you can see a little bit of sun, it's really good for your serotonin and dopamine levels by being able to get outside. Yeah, this is one that actually I just recently started doing um, is just like kind of forcing myself. And it's funny, I had to force myself maybe the first couple of days. And now I'm like, I can't wait to do Gotta it. Gotta go on my walk. Yeah, exactly. just go for a walk. Yeah. And I don't go it's for so as, as long a one as, as Emily has been. Um, but yeah, just like taking taking a walk and trying a different path each time. I like to kind of take mm, this mm-hmm. uh, sort of... I don't know, Zen or Taoist approach to a walk where you don't set out knowing the path you're going to take when you start and you just kind of know your neighborhood well enough that you can get back. Um, but it's, it's been really nice, even if it's not like it's getting a little bit of exercise cause I'm out there walking, but it's just like moving my body and, and walking around and seeing, you know, 
having my receptors in my eyes absorb the sunlight is is yeah. really helpful for like that stuff that Emily was talking about with seasonal affective um, depression, as well as just like getting your circadian rhythms in place, you know, getting those working properly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And do exercise caution when going outside during this point. Like I'm always wearing a mask and stuff for the most part. But yeah, otherwise, I would say get out into the sun as much as you can. Uh, our next one is to work on your personal mental health. I, I think this is, I feel like this should be top of the list, kind of in both <laughs> our lists, both in kind of the stuff that you can do for yourself and the stuff that you can do for your relationship or that you and your partner can do together. Um, I know from my personal experience that like when my <clears throat> mental health is on point, like I, I can handle anything. I mean, so, sorry, now oh. I feel like I'm signing myself up for, for too wow. much, but, but <laughs> wow, that's but no, impressive. Th- like that truly is how I feel is that I can handle like isolation. I can handle being in close quarters or being stuck with someone being stuck inside. It's, it's like the days that my mental health is good. I just have so many more resources, like emotional, yeah. mental resources available that help make things feel much less, um, stressful or much less rocky, I suppose. Um, for me, that involves things like carving out my own personal time. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, so if you can access your therapists, I know right now when you're stuck in the house, you know, there's a lot of services that will let you access your therapist via telehealth um, or via the phone or things like that. In addition, whatever it is that you need. So whether that's things like I need my alone time, I need my time not talking to people, or if it's time talking to people, you know, being able to make sure that you stay in touch with your friends and family. Um you know, and also, especially, you know, that's part of the reason why we started offering like our biweekly hangouts for our listeners of the show is that especially for people who are in marginalized communities or in non-monogamous relationships or some other kind of non-traditional relationship, it can be hard to feel like you have anybody to talk to. And honestly, that's even on a good day, on a non-pandemic day, um, that there's a lot of people who just end up feeling very personally isolated. And so that's why we kind of started our hangouts, um, is that it's really important to reach out to community. That's also a really important part of your personal mental health. Um, This is a really good time to work that into your routine, you know, work meditation into your routine or journaling, or I like Emily's routine of like a little bit of video games over breakfast, you know, (laughs) even something like that is really, really nice. Um, I know for me, something that really helps my mental health, especially if I'm not able to get into uh, like regular therapy sessions is to in the mornings have like reading time. That's both reading time of just kind of like reading for pleasure of like whatever the heck I want to read combined with reading something that is really uplifting, like Buddhist essays for me Mm. or poetry or philosophy or stuff like that. Just in like little doses that just kind of help to fortify me for the day. Um, So I really recommend that to people. Yeah. I definitely have found that to be helpful at certain times of either reading for me, it's often like reading is what I'll really need sometimes, like reading mm. fiction specifically, where I can kind of, it sort of takes my mind away from my life, but is still engaged with things rather than kind of vegging out and watching nonsense on TV, that it's it's like a way of escaping a little bit while still being like an active participant in the thing. Um, I've definitely found reading can be really helpful for me during times when I'm getting too caught up in my own head and my own worries. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend that one. Yeah. And, and this one is very closely related, but that's to limit your media and social media intake. Um, we've talked about this a lot on the show before, you know, studies show that social media raises your cortisol hormones, your stress hormones. Um, 
can make you feel worse. It can make you feel less connected to the outside world and it can make you feel less connected to the present. I find that's Mm -hmm. the big thing with going down a deep rabbit hole with media or social media is that it completely cuts you off from like what's happening in the here and now, who's around you, you know, what you're experiencing. And I mean, to a certain extent, I think that's also why we tend to go into those deep dives is because it has a numbing effect if what we're going through is really stressful or if we're not super happy with the present moment, it's really nice to kind of turn to that as a numbing effect sometimes. And that's why it's so addictive. Um, But yeah, we recommend, you know, limiting your intake, especially right now during the pandemic of COVID related news, if you can, um, there's this really great series on Medium written by a psychologist um, that's specifically all about just kind of taking care of your personal mental health during isolation. And he really recommends, um, what's known as resourcing, which is just kind of like, what are the things that can ground you in the present moment? And that can be something as simple as like going to your partner, if you're with your partner and hugging them for at least like 30 seconds, you Mm, know, doing an actually really long hug, like that physical touch actually is really, really grounding and really comforting and kind of sets off these like biochemical processes in your brain that you're probably not even aware of, but they do, you know, and they help contribute to your well-being and to lowering of your cortisol. Um, Uh, So, or even things like if you're completely isolated, it can be things like just like grabbing yourself or like stamping your feet. It's like these physical means of resourcing yourself is really helpful. So, so yeah, anything that you can do to kind of limit your social media intake and also kind of ground yourself in the present as well is really helpful. Yeah. I think specifically the overconsumption of news media, uh, social Mm -hmm. media too, but I feel like, I feel like when you say like we consume too much social media, most people, even if they still do it, are like, yeah, I, I realize this now. Like, I, I understand this is not good for me and maybe I still do it. I think when it comes to news, though, people do still buy into this idea that like, oh, no, that's I need to. I'm being a responsible citizen. I'm I need to be aware of these things. And this is something that that is just it's just not true. It's just not true. And I know that people right now might be resisting hearing that, but you can get all that same amount of news that you get by just having it on in the background, especially if you're just home with your TV on to the news. I know my parents do this. Uh, you're, you can get just as much information, just as much news, but without all of the like extra anxiety and worry and kind of emotional noise that they're giving to you so that you keep watching, you're able to get just as much of that by reading a news summary every day, maybe Mm. taking 15, 20 minutes reading a newspaper and then putting it in the recycling and not having the TV on or, you know, reading it online or whatever it is. Like you can get the same amount of information and be just as well prepared, maybe even arguably more so because you're not being like having all the kind of emotional content pushed onto you as well. Uh, without having news on all the time. It's seriously, it's like made the biggest difference in my life to move away from that. Uh, and I, I just, I've, I've, I know a lot of other people um, who recommend that, like a low media diet, I think is what it's referred to sometimes. I like that. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and that brings us to step six here. And that is, I think it's actually really great with all of these is to also let yourself off the hook a little bit. And, you know, it it can be easy to get down on yourself and feel bad if you're not being productive right now, or if you're not exercising, or if you're not creating these amazing videos like everyone else on TikTok is. Like, I've I've gone through all of (laughs) these things. (laughs) Oh, 
boy. I'm sorry. I still don't know oh, what yeah. TikTok is. Yeah, I still don't know what TikTok is. <laughs> no idea. I'm going to let you know what? I have four Instagram accounts. I don't need that, too. I don't. Jeez. As well, two of them are for these podcasts, but still, yeah, ridiculous. That reminds me, I also recently read someone's editorial about um, how, the, as a parent, they felt pressured to be performing the best, like, quarantine parent mm. routine, basically, mm. of, yeah. you know, yeah, look at all the arts and crafts I'm making my child do, and look at all the baking that we're doing, and look at how much wonderful time we're spending together as a family, mm. and that yeah. even in that arena, it becomes this arena for, like, competition and and, you know, trying to, to kind of show the world that we're making the most of our time. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, there's still, especially for me, who, like, I think all three of us tend to want to go, 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 go all the time. And I have in my head so often, like, you know, you need to be doing something or else you're failing at life. And so, especially right now, I think that that's why I've created such like a regimented sort of routine that I stick to every single day. But on the weekends, I'm really trying to let myself off the hook of that routine. Like I'll get in my exercise five days a week, I'll get in all this stuff. But like, on Saturday and Sunday, I can just kind of veg out and do whatever it is that I want to do. If that includes, you know, playing video games all day or drinking, you know, some wine or something along those lines, you know, that that's a nice kind of blend of both worlds, because really during this time, it is sort of traumatic for a lot of people. And it's completely understandable, just regardless of what what period in time we're in, that you're not always going to be on and you're not always going to be like accomplishing things. And that's okay. Yeah, and this this sort of pressure to like feel like you're not putting out enough into the world mm-hmm. or you're not being productive enough also comes up if you're just working from home for the first time or mm-hmm. or not or you've been doing it a long time it can still come up. Right? This this idea that I'm somehow failing. It's like, "Oh, I should have all this time now to do all these things I said I would do and I'm not. I'm such a failure. Oh, I'm terrible." And it's really easy to to beat yourself up. So really number 6 here is just about be kind to yourself, let yourself off the hook a little bit. And something I've slowly gotten better over many years that I'm still slowly getting better at is accepting myself and kind of how Mm -hmm. my productivity or creativity cycle goes. And that for me, it tends to be periods of lots of creating and doing and then periods of just like totally unable to focus and I just want to play video games all day and I know for other people it's very much like I do best when I have the same routine exactly the same every day and I just chip away and do a little bit every day and I've I found this too you know in listening to lots of the podcasts or articles about productivity or about entrepreneurship or whatever I've heard the same sort of thing that for some people it's like this one way of having a little bit every day works. And for other people, it's like, no, I have to binge on the project that I'm doing. And then I just can't even think about it. I can't do anything with it. And just to know that wherever you are in that, that's okay too, to kind of learn that and figure that out. So 
before we go on to talk about now, how do we survive this close quarters relationship with other people? We want to take a quick moment to talk about how you can support this show and help keep all of this content, including our discussion groups and our online hangouts and things going and available to everyone for free. And so please take a moment, listen to our sponsors and maybe join our Patreon. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. So we wanted to get more into the ins and outs of dealing with a very, very close quarters relationship, uh, which Dedeker and I are sort of in right now. As I said, like earlier, I not not with each other, with other people, <laughs> but uh-huh. she's halfway across the world, unfortunately. But yeah, um, but right now, I'm I'm personally seeing more of my partner probably than I ever have ever in five and a half years, which has been really interesting um, and actually great, like in so many ways, really, really great. I, I think to a degree, like I've let things off the hook more than I would have otherwise, just because it's an intense time. Um, and it's like you got to pick your battles when you're around this person so much. Um, because yeah, if something like small pisses you off, it's like, you know what, just let it go. It's not a big deal. But also I, I know personally for myself, I've felt so much more domestic than I have in the past, which is it's in its own way, something that I'm kind of reconciling with because I, I kind of shy away from domesticity in many, many ways. And yet like, I'm generally the one who's doing all of the shopping, I'm the one who's like, you know, doing dishes every day and stuff just because he's still working and and helping me out in a lot of ways. So I'm trying to contribute in certain ways as well. 
And so that's been really interesting. Dedeker, have you found like differences in this time in your life? Um, well, I will say that, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that my living situation right now, you know, quarantining or isolating with Alex is, I think, more workable because of the fact that like, we do have very separate workspaces, essentially, like, like there's a separate office, you know, um, and so that really helps me to be able to just like have a room with a door that closes. Um, I know that uh, that's not the case for everybody necessarily. And for me, I, that's why I really want to rope around to the personal mental health thing, because I find for me, if my mental health is on point, I have a much easier time just kind of rolling with the punches and letting things off the hook and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like taking care of yourself so you can be better yeah. to other people. No, I yeah. Hear, yeah. If I don't, I pick all the battles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> every you do. battle. You do. I'm familiar <laughs> with knows this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Chase knows this. He uh. knows this um, quite intimately. Yeah. So uh, at least I, I, the silver lining is at least I know that about myself. So that I know that if I f- I see myself picking all the battles, I'm like, hmm, there's probably something about my own mental health that I'm neglecting here, or there's something about my emotional health that I'm not taking care of here. It's funny. I feel like for me, it's if I'm not taking care of myself is when I become a lot like needier and more insecure mm. oh, rather no. than, I, we just I mean, that, that makes a lot off. of sense for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that is interesting. I do think my, my fuse is way shorter when I'm not worried, you know, yeah. working on myself, but also like, I'm really quick to like blame myself. And so, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's Let's go like back we to all the point about letting yourself off the hook a little bit. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that is yeah. something, something to realize. This is just this time right now is just like such a pressure cooker. It's really like mm-hmm. a crucible. You know, it's like anything that was already there is going to be amplified times 10. Uh, any negative things, any stressful things, any things in your relationship that maybe weren't working or that were getting on your skin already, that's going to be amplified right now. Any things with your own self-esteem is just going to be amplified right now. Um, so that's why it's important to look at, you know, like the list that we went over of what you can personally do to ensure that you're managing your own stress and anxiety. Um, you can go and listen to our episode two episodes ago where we talked about stress reducing conversations, which is some really good concrete tips for, uh, helping to dissolve and work through stress together with your partner. Um, but we're also going to talk about some more specific tips of like what can help you and your partner, you and your relationships, if you're in close quarters relationships together. And it, this doesn't have to be during quarantine times. This can also just be when you're both at home together or seeing a lot more of each other than you used to, or if you're living in a tinier space than maybe you wanted to, things yeah. like that. Yeah, like we were saying earlier, Dedeker and I have kind of been in the two extremes of this quite a bit. Um, so number one, and this is actually something I was just talking to my mom about recently, um, cause she was kind of struggling with this with, uh, mm. with her husband and it's creating physical distance from your partner when you can. And this means just literally being in a separate room and it, it could look different ways and this, you'll have to kind of negotiate and figure out what's right for you. But like, I know for Dedeker, when you know she'll have like this bedroom is going to become my office right now or whatever it is and when she goes in there to work if i come bother her when that door is closed it's like death stairs right like she really needs that space to be hers and yeah. i've actually come to really appreciate that so it's then it's like my time working like can be my time to just focus on that or 
or, you know, or whatever, or playing a game or whatever you're doing, but like having some time where it's not only you're in a separate space, but there's kind of a, an understanding that also people are going to leave you alone. Right. So I, I do think there's a little bit of negotiation with it too. Um, but it's just creating that little bit of space, even if it, it really is just like, okay, after we get up in the morning, the bedroom becomes my space for a while. Cause we don't have any other rooms in the house. You know, you, you get the living room, I get the bedroom kind of whatever it is, but finding some way to get that space or at the very least being like, I'm going to put my headphones on. And when I have my headphones on, it means I'm in my bubble, right? Now I'm in my space. So it's, you know, I want to make sure that this is not saying like, oh, well, you all have to have your own wing of the mansion. It's like, no, you can, of course not. You can find some version of this that works, even if you are in a quite tiny space. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, it's also important. Um, I think it's hard when we cohabit with someone because we're kind of, I think, trained to think like, well, once you live together, it's all going to be great and everything's going to be wonderful and and it's going to be okay. And you're going to, you know, obviously you're living together because you love spending time together. And right. So you must want to spend all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important skill to develop, to be able to just like honestly and compassionately ask for that or tell a partner that like, mm-hmm. Hey, actually I need some time just with the door closed, not talking to anybody or Hey, actually I'm going to go over here and just like watch my silly YouTube videos, you know, for, for half an hour or whatever, you know, whatever it is, like it is important to be able to develop those skills. But communicating it is key, right? It's oh, developing yeah. that skill of, of saying, Hey, I'd, I'd really like to have this. I'm excited for us to hang out later and watch our shows or whatever we're going to do later. But right now, I want this time so that they understand. And it's not just you try to do it. And then when they come over to talk to you, you're like, what? Leave me alone. You know, so it it is important to communicate that and make sure they understand. Yeah. And communicate communicate it initially as well as you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's not like, oh, whoops, (laughs) I didn't realize that that's what you wanted from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to move on, number two is to divide up chores, housework and childcare. Uh, So there is a possibility, especially during this time or just in general and like living with another person and perhaps one of you is working from home and the other one is not or the other one is not in a position where they're currently working um, that, you know, maybe that's the case. So perhaps that other person might be the one to pick up more of like the household duties. But I think it is still important to try to divide it up as best as you can Even if that means like, okay, like, for example, personally, like I generally do the dishes and like clean the kitchen and stuff and sometimes cook, but my partner will like take out the trash and do the cat box and do things like that. And we kind of have, you know, these are your duties. These are my duties, sort of. And even if you have kids, I mean, I think that it's really important in terms of childcare to do that as well. So perhaps while a partner is working during the day and the other partner is the one who's who has the childcare duties, that they can sort of give the kids to the other partner during the evening time to be like, hey, it's my it's my time in the day to stop and have some, you know, moments to myself. That's very important as well. I think part of it goes along, even thinking about a situation where one person's working from home and the other isn't, or one person is is a stay-at-home parent, mm-hmm. is it can be easy to think of the person who's doing whatever they're doing from home when you're not there, thinking like, oh, they're just, that's that must be so they're relaxing. They're fucking around or something. And they've yeah. got all this time. 
that it's like, no, they're still working, working in one way or another. And so it is that really important, like say you do have one person who is staying home and taking care of the kids to also have opportunities where it's like, hey, you get time off. I'm going to take care of them now so mm-hmm. that you can do whatever, watch your YouTube videos by yourself or, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. That is really important. And I think right now that's just kind of amplified for everyone. of like making yeah, sure I- we're giving each other that time. Yeah, um, and I just wanted to give people a book recommendation regard, regarding this, actually. Um, I, I, again, this is a bigger topic than I think we necessarily have time for. Another thing to think about when dividing up chores, housework, and childcare, and things like that, is there's this concept known as the mental load, which is something that comes up a lot in feminist thought, which is it, you know very much related to emotional labor. You know, essentially kind of like the mental load of figuring out, of keeping in track in your mind, like, ooh, when do the dishes need to be taken out of the dishwasher? When does the laundry need to get started? How many days before we run out of toilet paper? Uh, How do I, you know, what time is my child's, uh, you know, after school Zoom call going to be, you know, and how do I set them up? That often that that kind Uh of like mental labor disproportionately tends to fall on women. Um, Mm -hmm. There's this great book that I found called Fair Play by Eve Rodsky, um, where she comes up with specifically a system for kind of managing that so that like specifically like the project manager side of dividing chores also that kind of labor gets divided as well um that's that's also something to think about when you're splitting these things up yes um so the third one something that's really really important to maintain in your partnership is to have your own boundaries and to relay any expectations that you may have um at this point especially right now at the time of recording, if you've already been uh, isolated with a partner for quite a while, um, it may feel like, oh, it's too late to do this, but it's not. I can assure you, you know, it's really important to establish expectations for what you have, what you want, what you want your routine to be, what you want your home situation to look like, things like that, or the conditions that you need to be able to do your job, whether your job is, you know, having to be on a zoom call for eight hours a day, or whether your job is taking care of the kids or things like that. Um, And then on the flip side, it's also incredibly important to discuss if you need time alone, if you need time to do things by yourself, if you need help with something, if you actually need to carve out a specific special you time together, you know, like carving out specifically like quality time or date time, you know, that's separate from just kind of the the regular time that we're spending together just passively um, while you're, you know, stuck together at home. Um, so yeah, so it's it's just really important to make sure that this is a good time to be working on those skills of kind of communicating who you are, where you begin and end, what your boundaries are, and what your expectations are as well. Yeah, and we talked about this in a previous episode, but don't make your partner the only person that you ever talk to, um, and don't make your partner your therapist as well. And a lot of a good way to do that if you can't afford a therapist or if you don't have one accessible to you is to give yourself time to speak to friends and family and not just the person who you're living with 24-7 right now. Um, that's very important, too, because you can get, you know, other uh, other viewpoints from your friends and family. And a lot of things are great to be able to relay information to them and not just have one person who you're constantly in communication with. Yeah, I think that's both kind of taking the initiative to reach out to other people, but then also giving each other the space to do that, right? Yeah. Of just that I don't have to be involved in every single call with friends that you do. Like you can have some calls with friends on your own and I can have some on my own, as well as somewhere we might all hang out together and play a game online or something. And I will say going for a walk and getting to like talk to someone on a walk is a great way to like be out of the house and be away completely. Yeah. And then also like 
accomplish two things at once. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, all right, number four here is to keep to your routine relationship check-ins, such as radar, if that's something you do, or just sort of like relationship check-ins. Contrary to what a lot of people feel like, time has not actually stopped existing, and you know the whole world and your whole life isn't actually on hold right now. Uh, you know, keep having those check-ins, maybe even have them more regularly. Uh, so having radar, which if you haven't, I definitely recommend checking out our episode on relationship radar, but it's a really good system for having an overall discussion of the state of your relationship, discussing what's happening in each of your lives separately from each other, as well as together. Uh, that's episode 147, where we talk about that in depth and everything's changing. Everything's constantly changing, right? Time is going on. Life is going on. Your feelings are going to change over time and from day to day about different things. You're going to have different worries and radar kind of gives you a way to plan for those and to collaborate with each other and supporting each other in your own lives, as well as coming closer together. I've found personally, when I talk to my partner and kind of literally sit there and be like, hey, like, how are you emotionally feeling right now? It's really interesting to hear maybe something different than what I expected come out of his mouth, because mm. he may actually have like a lot of anxiety underneath the surface and want to talk about that and get that out there in in these moments, as opposed to me just being like, oh, he seems fine, whatever, like, I'm assuming he's fine. So it is very important to actually ask your partner or whomever you're living with at the time, like, hey, how are you doing? Do you want to just like talk about your emotional life right now? Because to me, that that is, you know, very important. Absolutely. And I think that it's not always just going to be immediately there for something, something that you can see, you know, on the surface. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And related to that, like this is also a time to keep putting in the work on those communication skills with your partner, you know, now is a good time to go over our backlog of episodes um, or <laughs> do it or it doesn't necessarily have to be just be us, you know, catch up on any other resource that you find has been helpful to you. Um, the Gottman Institute website has a bunch of great articles um, related to these kind of things. Um, but, you know, this is now a good time to practice doing things like using the Triforce of Communication and Conversations. Um, uh, employing halt, you know, taking a time out when things are getting heated, I think, especially right now. Um, uh, you know, go listen to our repair shop episode for, for you know, a framework on how to work through past fights or, or you know, the falling out that happened yesterday and we haven't processed yet. Um, and right now, I know it can be tempting. I think that like, because everything's so stressful and anxious and when you're kind of uh, locked in the same space with someone, it becomes really easy to just like see all their flaws and to want to dredge up old grievances and really work out all that stuff. And I would say that like, maybe avoid doing that unless you feel super confident that like now is the time where we can have a productive conversation about those things from the past. You know, maybe you can, and if you can, that's great. But if not, you know, I think like Emily said, I think now is an important time to pick your battles. Um, you know, understand that we're all going through a lot of pressure and anxiety um, and that we need to be gentle with each other. And like we said in the stress reducing conversation episode, don't be a horse. By that we mean don't be a horseman of the apocalypse. So avoid the four horsemen, which is criticism, contempt, uh, blame, and stonewalling. Yes. Um, we all know that one. Yes. <laughs> and I know we all get tempted to do those things, even in healthy relationships, but just having an awareness of like, oh yeah, this is not a good habit to start can help you during this time. Yeah. 
And so finally, number six on this list is to focus on silver linings and have some gratitude during this time and during any time that you get to the opportunity to be around someone else for a long period of time. Uh, just because that's that's not always possible, especially, you know, I'm looking at you, Jason Dedeker, like the two of you do get the opportunity to be together like so intimately for, you know, maybe two or three months at a time. But then you have to go away for a while as well and maybe get the opportunity to be with someone else during that time. So it is just nice to kind of be able to focus on that if you can. Uh, and yeah, I mean, in terms of silver linings, like for me personally, it has this whole thing has kind of taught me that I do need to slow down sometimes and that that's a very important thing. And so I, I feel like I have a lot of gratitude for the opportunity to do that and, you know, maybe to focus more on my mental and physical health right now. I think that's that's really, really lovely. And gratitude and thinking about things that you're that you're grateful for that has shown in studies to, again, like do all those good things for you, raise your serotonin and dopamine levels. So that's very important. So, yeah, have some gratitude, even though it's a challenging time and people are literally fighting for their lives right now. And, you know, a lot of things along those lines, it's still um, there is some beauty in this world right now. And express that gratitude to your partner or to your yes. partners. You know, yes. it's really important to build that culture of sharing appreciation and fondness with each other. You know, um, I know not everybody is, you know, a words of affirmation kind of person, but it's still helpful to, uh, again, it really is like about building kind of that microculture in your relationship where we're able to freely share those things on a daily basis, the things that we appreciate about each other, the things that we admire about each other flirtatious things that we like about each other you mm -hmm. know it really really does help because those are the kind of things that maybe you would share more likely more often when you were first dating and getting to know each other and less so when you know you're waking up in bed next to each other the same you know the same way every single day so it's important to inject that back into your relationship yeah that's great and helps you stay focused on the fact that those things do exist in your life like emily was saying that the point of gratitude exercises isn't to sort of like trick yourself into thinking that shitty things are actually good, but it's to remind yourself and keep your brain aware of the fact that there are also good things, even when there are shitty things and that it keeps you from getting totally sucked into this world of, of just being focused on all the bad things. Yeah. And in our bonus episode for patrons this week, we're going to be talking about special considerations for those in non-monogamous relationships. But first, we want to hear from you. We want to hear how have all of you out there dealt with cohabiting with a partner, um, particularly during the time of recording when the pandemic is happening. How have you been adjusting to being around a partner where neither of you are heading out of the house so often? Um, the best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and you can join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash in addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or you can send us an email at info at multiamory.com. Multiamory is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Jace Lindgren, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balbonera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenowork and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Onan from the Fractal Cave EP. Full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.